0: One day we'll figure this out. And when you do, you will change the world. This is Nick from United Fitness, and you're listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast.
1: to the show, everybody. I'm happy that you're here with me again for another episode. Listen, tonight I got Sean Carter here from Unveiling the Paranormal. Sean is a pastor from Virginia, and he's got some interesting stories to tell. I mean, this guy's the real deal, man. He gets a couple phone calls a week. He travels around and literally helps people with the paranormal. He is a strong Christian man who will not relent when it comes to battling back the darkness that seems to be growing ever-present in the days we live in. Listen, we cover all kinds of topics on this episode. I don't even know where to begin. This is a fun episode. Sean was a blast to talk with, and I'm just happy that you guys are here to take this ride with me. I won't delay any longer. Let's jump right into the show, y'all. have Sean Carter here, and I'm just honored to have him here on the show. Sean, thanks for being here.
0: Hey Rod, thanks for having me on here, and I'm just looking forward to our time of conversation tonight.
1: You got a bunch of cool information that when I found you, you were just like hitting nails on the head with topics that go under the radar, and I said to myself, this is definitely somebody I want to listen to here for a little bit, but then I want to talk with this guy. So it's an honor to have you on the show, man. You are a part of unveiling the paranormal Christian alternative to the occult-based paranormal sites, right? You help people deal with real spiritual issues that they experience, and you're exposing, you know, dark roots within this paranormal genre that is so popular today.
0: Absolutely. You know, when I started, uh, I started with unveiling paranormal Actually, I created the page and Facebook page, and uh, there's kind of a little bit of long story there, but I just created the page because some of what I do is outreach to, to the paranormal community, whether it be ghost hunters, paranormal investigators, whether it be people just having paranormal experiences. I'm probably one of the very few full-time pastors right now that will even talk with people about the paranormal
1: This is really unique, man, because the traditional church that existed, in my opinion, prior to 2020, we don't see much of the fake church in full operation anymore. The real church, in my opinion, is now kicking in. But prior to 2020, when people would have these experiences that they could not explain, most pastors would send them, you know, you need to see a psychiatrist, right? Or you need to go to like yeah. a, over in the Roman Catholic church who can do an exorcism. There was no sound advice that was given for the daily Christian that may struggle with dreams, hauntings. Well, I mean, anything. Right. I don't think any of us are exempt. I do believe if we're Holy Spirit filled, we cannot be um, possessed, but I don't think that doesn't mean we can't be harassed. Absolutely. And, you know, these topics are significant. You're a pastor, and you're in Kentucky,
0: right? No, I'm actually in the state of Virginia, southwestern Virginia. Southwestern Virginia, okay. Okay. Yeah, right on the uh, border between North
1: Carolina and Virginia. There's a lot that goes on all across this country. I know there's a couple hot spots that are in big topic right now. You know, people talking about area, right? I'm curious, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on, you know, geographical areas? Like the Bible talks about principalities, powers, rulers, and do you think that areas Mm -hmm. can actually have a certain type of haunting or continual type entity experienced with a location?
0: Well, first of all, that's a really great question. And I do believe that spirits do go to locations. But first of all, the biblical idea here is that these spirits roam the earth uh, looking and desiring and and just wanting to inhabit and cause destruction upon people. And so they roam everywhere. They're not coming from other locations like other planets and stuff. They're already here. But with that said, I do believe that they congregate just like evil congregates to to places where it's wanted, where it's uh, called and summoned. I believe that a lot of locations are haunted simply by the rituals or the sins that was committed at and in that location. So to me, you know, it's kind of like loitering or They go where they're wanted and where they're glorified and where they can do the most destructive. And that makes
1: complete sense. I know when I spoke with L.A., he was talking about Salem, New Hampshire. There was a covenant of witches he would encounter near this American Indian Stonehenge. And he was saying to me, he's like, you know why they're gathering there. You know, they're drawn to these kind of places and sites for a reason. We didn't really get into it much further than that. And your response here is it makes sense. I mean, the Bible is the final say and it's, it's a gift, you know, it's, it's a supernatural document from outside the dimension of time, as Chuck Missler would say, right. You know, the the Bible is a supernatural document and thank God that we can go to it and it has the final authority. And we can look at these things and go, God, how do we deal with this? And what does your word say? Now you're a full-time pastor. I want to ask you, how did you start this journey, Sean? You know, what kind of led you to where you are today, man? Just walk us into how you became the Sean you are today.
0: Well, you know, my family growing up did not go to church. My dad was an alcoholic, and I, I remember gas cans going through windshields, just the violence and and the stuff through alcoholism. But I got to see God change that man from an alcoholic into a Sunday school teacher. And then, you know, I got started going to church more and more. I was baptized at 12 years old, but uh, through vacation Bible school, really, I started. Having experiences even before that point, I believe I'm not going to go into a lot of it, but I had spiritual encounterments with spirits and entities as a young child, as a teenager. That One of the major events in my teenage life, God actually showed me a supernatural encounterment when I was um, under the intoxication of some very powerful drugs. And it wasn't a drug-induced hallucination. It was actually God, in my opinion— pulling me out of my body and showing me the evil that was around me. And so that put a zeal in my heart. I went to church. Um, I started hearing the pastors talk about demons, angels, Jesus, God, hell. And so I had a healthy view of of the scripture. Yet when I asked pastors and people questions about what I experienced, they didn't seem to have a clue. And so I. I kind of felt like maybe they were just kind of holding information back like there had to be a secret back room to Christianity that where they talked about these things and yet oh my gosh when, yeah <laughs> you know when I got to a point and I got older as a teenager uh, and a young adult God began to to pull me into ministry I started studying apologetics Walter Martin. I got involved with studying Walter Martin. I started studying the kingdom of the, the cults. I, I started going in. And because I also had family, extended family that was involved in what I would say occult. the area I live in, you talk about areas that there is certain areas that are, you know, like you talked about the Indian mounds, but there's other areas that I live probably within two miles of a very well-known occult site, ritual site on the side of a mountain. It's actually called Witch's Mountain. It's actually where a lot of old time, and from the 1850s on, witchcraft was going out through the United States from this area. Even though my mom and dad wasn't involved, I had that peripheral spiritual warfare going on in the background. And as the Lord began to pull me into full time ministry, I started working with teenagers at my local church. I spent 17 years as a youth pastor. And during that time, God began to use me to pull people out of covens, out of witchcraft, uh, out of the OTO, out of Freemasonry, out of, you know, just you name it. That's where we're at. And so God just really began to use me in that area. Then I went into full-time pastor position and where I'm at right now. I also do Through the Black. I know you you interviewed Tom Dunn here. I work with those guys doing a YouTube exposing the paranormal. I work with SRA victims. I mean, you kind of name it in the deliverance ministry, putting down altars. I mean, you kind of name it. I'm doing it. So kind of like boots on the ground.
1: I can only imagine how many things you've encountered or experienced in this field. I I was talking with BDK about this. I thought it was awesome that the God of the Bible, the one who was Mm -hmm. resurrected from the grave, he had one solution and one answer to all these ailments and problems that we face on this earth. But here the devil has like fifty different rabbit trails, (laughs) you know, of how to get you snared or confused or, you know, some weird little thing to be a part of. And I just think it's it kind of proves that God's not panicking, (laughs) you know? Oh, absolutely. There's power in the word. There's power in his name. Man, like I said, when I was listening to you talk, the first time you were touching on some crazy topics, man. I'm like, wow, would you be willing to share with me in the audience like a couple of the most extreme supernatural encounters that you had, whether it be like an exorcism or I don't know, like what kind of stuff do you deal with?
0: Well, I've I've had all kinds of encounterments, uh, obviously through deliverance ministry. That's kind of how it started out. The, you know, I don't like talking a lot about the deliverance type things, but I will share that you know, I've seen the eyes turn black. I've seen the, the unknown tongues being spoken. I've had people tell me things about uh, the future. I've had, you know, demonic entities to, to manifest and all kinds of things. And I've seen some 50-foot uh, wide orbs. I know that a lot of people probably are tuning out now, but uh, you, you see these kind of entities. You see spiritual things. I've seen just You probably name it and I've probably dealt with it. One of the most extreme cases that I've dealt with was a location that I was called to. I get a lot of calls, like I said, from, from local people and from people who are dealing with spiritual things happening in and around their home. And they were seeing shadow people. And as soon as I walked on the property, one of the things I do is... Ask God to shut all the, the the spiritual stuff down. I don't want to deal with a, a levitating person. I don't want to deal with this stuff. I just want to get in there and lead people to the Lord and get rid of the darkness. Amen. The Lord began to say, "This is going to, you know, you just put it in my heart. This is going to be a a long battle, but it'll be a, you know, it'll be a tough one, but it will be won. And you have to be careful." And so as I was on the property, the manifestations were just going through the roof. And no matter what was happening, it just seemed like I we couldn't get a grasp on it. And the Lord just put in my heart, there's a ritual site on the on the property. And so I asked the the person and they kind of their eyes went wide and well, how did you know about that? And I said, Well, that's not me, that's the Lord. And and finally, long story short, we destroyed that altar and in the midst of that, destroying that altar, a lot of a lot of crazy things were being seen. But, you know, the Lord prevailed and the darkness had to flee at his name. And, you know, after we led the person through renunciation, through, you know, confession of sins, renunciation, and, and that we started burning all the occult stuff. And and God just took that situation and just man, it was powerful. And so those are just kind of the typical things that we see. <laughs> so just a day at the office.
1: <laughs> I mean, that sounds great. Yeah, well,
0: kind of I mean, I, I kind of get at least one or two calls, you know, every so a week or so. I mean, to deal with stuff like this. And it to me, it's ramping up a little bit right now. I'm getting a lot more calls.
1: Yeah. So this is something real quick, Sean. When the Pope came to Philadelphia, I'm outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and this is about mm. what five or six years ago. It was like a big deal, man. There's like a million people that just came from the surrounding area into Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, people are like going crazy, right? And this is when I was right. really young in my belief. I remember, you know, I'm look, I'm watching on the news. I'm talking. I got friends in Philly. They're telling me what kind of what's going on. All these people are here. It's so peaceful, and I had such a disturbing feeling in my spirit i felt Mm -hmm. something in the it felt like it was really high up in the air right but really heavy and like fake if you looked at it from a you know, secular quick glance, it would look like, oh, something spirituals happening. This is cool. You know, really? oh, oh, wow. All these people from all these different nations and tribes are flooding into Philadelphia and it's a peaceful gathering. But brother, I felt something disturbing in my spirit. And I don't say that to beat up on the Catholic church. I, that's not my intention at all. I think they can swing just as hard at me as, as I ever could at them. What resonated with me during that experience was something very deep and dark was moving in the area. I mean, that's just what I felt. Like I said, I was so young in my walk then, not that I'm much further along now, but we can't help but bear witness to the things that really grab a hold of us. You know, I know there's some sects of Christianity today that you see some stuff go on and you're just like, oh my goodness, like that's not quite right. (laughs) You know, like Right. Nobody should be running right. around barking like a dog and touching people, and then they all start barking like dogs, and the whole place is like going nutty i, I think that's the spirit of confusion you know when God says, "I have it's not given you a spirit of confusion but a sound mind of he gives us wisdom he gives us mm-hmm. you know his expertise will momentarily allow us to even understand the situation. It's not of ourselves, but anyway. <clears throat> man that sounds like a pretty interesting day at the office there i (laughs) it takes a special calling to do what you do not anybody can just jump up and say oh i'm gonna go do an exorcism or clean out this area i think god has to really be with you if you're gonna do that you know not like oh this would be cool let's give it a try (laughs)
0: Well, I think you're right in one way in the sense that I think you better be called and, and you better have a relationship with the Lord. But to be honest with you, I believe every Christian has the the calling to actually do what I do. In fact, that's what I do. I train pastors and lay people in the last two or three years. I've just been about trying to train people to do what I do. And if I'm called into a home, 90% of the time, I actually have people saying, well, I'm seeing the demon behind you. And I say, well, let's forget the demon. Let's talk Jesus. Let's, let's get you can, you know hooked up into Jesus. Let's get you get in the right way. Because guess what? When I cast them out and I leave, they're probably going to come back. You need to learn how to deal with this yourself. You need to learn how to walk with the Lord. You need to be able to walk in your authority in the Lord. And so that's kind of what I do. 90% of what I do is discipleship, to be honest with you. Uh, It's just telling people about the relationship with Jesus Christ and how that they don't have to, you know, they don't they don't have to be scared of the demonic entity. And I don't want to go on a rant here, but I feel like I just need to say this real quick and I don't want to turn the the, the discussion. But one of the things I feel very important about is a lot of people we kind of hit on this. A lot of people think that. Because I'm in deliverance ministry, that we're always hunting for demonic entities. Look, because there's nobody doing what I'm doing right now. Uh, yeah, a lot of my speaking, a lot of what I do is dealing with the paranormal. But really, the big deal is, is if we would not real, if we would realize, number one, there's not a demon behind every rock. Okay, okay. Now, I, I'm going to give an illustration on this. And after I give this illustration, I'll turn it back over to you. It's snake hunting. I had a boss one time who was called a lot by people because he could, you know, where we live, there's a lot of water motskins, a lot of snakes around and around the branches and creeks and stuff. So they would call him and one day he said, Hey, let's go snake hunting. And so on the way over there, he was like, This guy's called me. He's got children wanting to play down to Creek. They want to make sure that we kind of get the snakes off. And we're gonna we're gonna look through the rocks and stuff. And I was like, Rocks? Yeah. He says, Yeah, turn the rocks over. Now, Sean, understand that there's not a snake under every rock. So you don't have to be afraid. But guess what, Sean? There may be a time where you will turn a rock over. And there will be a snake. There's what you got to know what to do. And he began to teach me what to do about snake hunting. And so I kind of liken that to dealing with the darkness, dealing with the paranormal. A lot of the situations I go to, there's not a demonic entity. It's just sin nature that we're dealing with. But if there's something there, guess what? We're going to deal with it. And I train the people how to deal with that. And so that's kind of what we do on on a given situation. So I'll just kind of throw it back to you there.
1: That is an awesome story, man. Like that makes so much sense. Uh, I couldn't agree more that the fact that, you know, your cup holders that were your grandmoms are not possessed. And that's why, you know, the door opens by itself (laughs) in your house. Like, I don't think that's right. Right. But man, what an illustration. Uh, Sean, the snake hunter from down south. <laughs> I like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah. We look at the word. God reminds us in Proverbs 18, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth unto it and they're safe. This is true. You know, I, I've listened to other podcasts. I, I'm interested in the topic of Bigfoot and aliens because I believe that it's it's all one camp. I just believe that they put many different masks on. And, and they meander and parade through with different images to just cause distraction, disruption. I hear a lot of people say that, well, my grandmom went to church and I remember hearing the name of Jesus. And when this thing came close, I said, Jesus, help me. And it froze and got wide eyed. <laughs> you know, And I'm like, hmm.
0: Right. And, Absolutely.
1: When we're terrified, you know, God is on the throne. And it reminds me also, the scripture says a broken and a contrite spirit. The Lord doesn't reject. If you're saying, oh, Jesus, when you're dealing with something, you're saying, God, like, are you there? Are you real? I need your help. And it just makes right. me think, just makes me think, you know, because that name carries power and weight. No matter where you go, like nobody's going around saying in the name of Buddha, be gone or, you know, or Allah or like that just doesn't right. work. It's does not even a thing. Right. But yeah, it's, it's cool because like like you're saying, and I, and I agree. And I didn't really look at it that way, but us as Christians, it is our job to deal with these things. And you're so right about the discipleship part. It's like, you're not witch hunting, right? You're not going out and let's dig some werewolves out of the field and, and burn them tonight, boys. Like, no, you're going out and you're discipling people and you're talking about the Lord and you're being bold and unashamed of the gospel. And along the way, just like in the Bible, you're going to encounter some of these spirits. I think of the, the apostle Paul, he got worn out after a couple of days of this uh, woman, right? Who keeps saying, here's the servant of the most high God. He's getting annoyed. So finally he cast whatever the spirit was out of her. And then the guys are all upset because they're like, that was our moneymaker. She was a fortune teller. You know, I mean, that's in the right. New Testament, guys. Hello, that's in there. If you're listening, that's in your <laughs> Bible. But in the book of Job, he has an encounter with an entity in the middle of the night. 412. Job 412, the hair on his body stands on end right? An entity, or right. I forget the wording there. I guess it depends on the translation you're listening to, but it moves past him. You know, he's frozen in fear. The thing whispers to him something along the lines of, can a righteous man be or stronger than his creator? I, I mean, it's, it's in the Bible to see these things continually pop up as time goes on. Not that it's our focus. And Sean, that's where you hit the nail on the head. That's what the church, I think, also needs to look at. We need to evaluate exactly what we're talking about tonight and we need to come get together get rid of those religious strings that are causing people to point fingers at each other and say i'm right you're wrong we're wrong you're right whatever right and we need yeah. to just look at the bible because these things are going to come up eventually but we don't make a full-time ministry on hey did you see any lights in the sky man i mean i talk with people <laughs> about stuff brother i'm willing to go down the rabbit trail but i always bring it back to the lord because one of my things is like listen all of these things are under the submission of Christ. None of these things supersede who he is. When he says he literally has allotted principalities, powers, and rulers, I mean, these th- th- I believe there was fallen angels, right? I believe in Genesis 6-4 really when it says that the ben elohim you know, they fell, okay, they disrobed of their former estate, and they came and took wives and gave birth to the Nephilim or the you know, I've heard people say, "Well, that means the earthborn," or it's Gigantus in the Greek. It means giant or earthborn, and it's like, listen, something really weird right. happened, and the outcome wasn't good. And God's telling us about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, absolutely. We can see the evidence of it being there. Now, Sean, jump in and tell us a little bit about what ministry life looks like right now. How was 2020? How did that treat you guys? Did you have any weird restrictions? Tell us about church life down south, and what are you guys working on right now? What is something cool that's on the horizon that you're a part of?
0: Well, as far as the actual physical church that I'm a pastor of right now, we've, we're have we actually running a little bit better numbers than we was pre-COVID. You know, we, we're we doing a lot more teaching on the internet, which has actually brought us more people inside of the church physically here locally. We only closed for two weeks, you know, when we thought that the that bodies were dropping in the streets of China and, and all those places, we thought we might ought to check it out and be careful, but when we realized what was happening, we, we kind of started coming back to church and, you know, we took precautions, but yet we got involved with just preaching the gospel, teaching like we always have doing more things online. Now that's kind of dealing with the, the physical church, but I believe God also kind of, you know, in 2020, I started working with Tom Dunn and Through the Black. Uh, Tom had met with me a few times down in, once in North Carolina. And, you know, I talked to him on the phone and he's like, dude, I really think what, what you're doing with the paranormal. See, one of the things that I do is I said a while ago, is I go to paranormal conferences I do paranormal shows. What I try to do is bring the Christian perspective to the table. One of the things I think that has happened is the church has been, you know, had the disco lights in it. We've got all the the trappings, but we don't talk about spiritual things in our community. And when some somebody's having a problem with the spirit, we kind of roll our eyes and say, that's go get a shrink or go to get, you know, go somewhere else. But what we try to do is engage people with real spiritual talk. So Tom was like, hey, come on and do do what you're doing with Through the Black. Obviously, Through the Black has a lot more subscribers than than I could ever imagine getting just with my little old self. So I started working with Tom and we do a lot more content like that. As far as what we're working on right now, uh, God has wanted me to do more and more what I call freedom revivals which means I basically just go in and start preaching, casting out demonic entities, talk about healing, talk about the Lord, disciple the Lord, do prayer drives in the community, uh, prayer walking, dealing and confronting the the dark powers in that community, dealing with the Freemasonry, dealing with the witches, dealing with the covens. Every community has them. And, And let me just say this, when we talk about high capacity, high volume places like the Mounds. Forget that. You've got them right there in your town. You've got them right there a lot of times in your church. 62% of people sitting in church right now carry a new age belief of some sort. So folks, it's right there. It's in your face. You You have a missions field right there. And that's what I've been doing is training people uh, kind of turning the corner now with what we are got to do in the future. I know Tom's got some projects in the works as far as Through the Black, but what I'm doing is just doing the the Freedom Encounters right here locally, doing a lot of counseling with SRA victims, doing a lot of uh, engaging with the paranormal community. So um, my next show this week, I do a show every Thursday night on Through the Black. And also you can go to Unveiling the Paranormal YouTube page, just type it in. You'll find my old ugly mug on there. And uh, you can, and I got like close to 40 or 50 videos right now. You can just go see the past shows. But next week's show, I'm actually going to start dealing with the topic of the UFO. I haven't really dealt with the UFO topic. So in the next few weeks, I'm going to start dealing with the UFO Uh, from a biblical standpoint, and go into some very interesting topics. So people can check that out. (laughs) So Sean,
1: probably be releasing this episode around that same time. I spoke with Drew Graffia and L.A. Marzulli, where I'm going to be interviewing both of them again here on the show. And we're going that direction where we believe the UFO phenomena is stronger than ever. People are waking up to it. I agree with L.A. and his work his diligent work over all these years of taking that biblical stance on the great deception. Right. like Chuck Missler would say, this is a managed agenda. You know, we, we can see the, the events Absolutely. that are transpiring okay. here are definitely not by accident. Let's talk a little bit about that because it's going to be cool. I plan on dropping your episode and then, you know, I'm hoping it, it works mm-hmm. out with L.A. And then I got some other awesome people lined up. That I'm, I'm hinting towards that, that idea and topic and have been, because I believe we're coming to the end of that disclosure that was in the COVID bill, where they were gonna, I don't know, mm-hmm. release all this information to the public about unidentified aerial phenomenon and what let's talk a little yeah. bit about that. What are your thoughts on, you know, the government concealing these things from the people for possibly so mm-hmm. long, all the way back beyond Roswell? And what is your approach when we're taking a biblical stance? If you were talking with somebody at a UFO conference, what kind of language right. would you be using? What are your thoughts well, there? Well,
0: unfortunately, unfortunately, in the Christian community, there's so many divisions with this that. So, I'll just kind of very quickly give my my understanding with this. Now, you'll have one camp in the Christian community that there's. Every single alien and every single UFO incident is a demonic entity. And, and that's kind of where I kind of stand for the most part. At the same time, I also give the, even though I don't believe, and I'll, I'll preference this next part, I don't believe that there's extraterrestrials on other planets. I think we're it. Okay. However, I don't think that we should shut the door of the possibilities necessarily that there may be other life forms out there. We know in the scriptures there's seraphim, cherubim, ophanim, or, you know, ophanim. It depends how you want to pronounce that. And we know that there's entities that's being described in the heavenly realm that, that you know, if we met them right here on earth we would say, you know, that's a funky looking dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, we know that there's there's things out there. Now, some people want to debate extra dimensional and all that. I personally believe that we must put everything out there as a dark entity, because one of the reasons why one of my ministry points in dealing with the paranormal and when I'm dealing with a ghost hunter or if I'm dealing with somebody with a UFO topic Here's my main thing. The the Bible says that we are not to talk with the dead, nor are we to talk with spirits. Deuteronomy 18, we, we look at Leviticus 22. We look at a lot of these scriptures. But we must realize one of the reasons why that God says that, number one, is that it is possible to talk to these entities. It is possible to talk with the dead. If it wasn't be so, the Lord wouldn't say, don't do it. So, there's a reason why he says, don't do it. The reason I believe, and we see throughout the scripture, is that we cannot divine or or tell what kind of entity that we're talking to. We can't tell, uh, just like you pointed out, Job chapter 4. If we look at Job chapter 4, verse 12, this guy was influenced by a spirit. Now, get that. He was influenced. By a spirit, and influence so much that he is now giving advice to his friend. However wrong it is, he's still using that encounter. And I see so many people doing that today. They're 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 listening to these entities, and nine ninety nine point nine point five are going to tell you something against God, against the Bible they'll put that one little percent in there that may even sound a little Christian so that the Christians will even buy it. And, and I hope that makes sense. Now I'm going to jump a little bit right here and just say, and I'll probably make some people mad with this statement, but I think of what the government's doing right now, with the COVID bill. Listen, they have put CIA operatives out there. I'm not going to name names, but there's people who have claim that they're CIA operatives, they've worked with ATIP. All this stuff is a false disclosure, getting people hyped up, getting the UFO community community hyped up. They're giving them a bone for what they're doing. We have technology out there that is blowing people's minds. I believe they're just, you know, I, I love listening to like the Black Vault and some of these other guys who's kind of been on the fence and saying, you know, folks, let's, let's be careful how we, and this is my approach, and, and I kind of throw it back to you. You know, we better be careful that we don't fall in, you know, all these years, don't trust the CIA, don't trust the government, don't trust what the government's saying. And then all of a sudden, we're championing their supposed disclosure, I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. So I'll just kind of throw it back to you there.
1: This is why I do what I do. I love talking with people like you. I love finding brothers in the Christ, you know, that are elbows or knees or forearms, biceps that have a special ability and strength that was, they're a part of the design to uncover and to work against that for the glory of God. But there's a million messages and signals of confusion and chaos just whipping around out there in the wind and, and everybody's clinging on to one or the other, or maybe 10 of them, or if you're a Buddhist, maybe you have a thousand gods that you worship. It, it, all this stuff is just going right. This is one, that, you know, this alien deception, in my opinion, is one where they put in so much backstore backlog effort into and have so many different platforms ready to all broadcast at the same time with the confirmation of the idea um, they have a story for, in my opinion, for all of it. You know, it's a part of my theory, Sean. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm moving a little fast. I, I'm a little excited right now because I feel, I feel that this is going to be a um, something that in five years from now, people are going to look back at and be like, man, that kid was on to something. You know, that guy, Sean was on right. to something. Okay. They, they weren't let astray yeah. right. in what their inklings were. Okay. Or what their, their ideas were here. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they blamed COVID-19 as like alien biological warfare. Right. Like, oh, that's mm-hmm. why it was all the, you know, weird, you know, big worldwide thing, because we thought China released it, but then China really didn't. And they thought it was a meat mark. You know, and they're just going to play this narrative out. And then I think they're going to come out and say, this is the first time we've had an alien race try to, I don't know, maybe poison us mildly dumb us down a little bit you know for their approach because there's good ones and bad ones battling in the heavens now the bible's very clear there's a battle in the heavens look at when you know one of the one of the archangels is there and they're disputing over the body of moses you know, the, the angels like the Lord rebuke mm-hmm. you, you know, you see Satan there. So there's disputes, there's battles in the heaven. There's principalities and powers that are clashing. We know the story of Daniel when he's praying for 21 days, the angel shows up. He's like, yo, dude, got held up. We were, you know, fighting against these guys, had to call in a higher recruit than me. You know, Michael had to come down and right. open up some doors for me to get through because God heard your prayer on the first day. So we know there's a battle in the heavens. And I think that disconnect, Sean, the disconnect from the modern church to understanding the supernatural realm as the Bible depicts it surrendering our experiences to it and saying god what do i do with this i need some clarity on this thing that i experienced or seen whether it be a light in the sky or some dream or whether you have the gift of prophecy and and god's using your mouth to speak things that are yet to come to pass you know all these different things we could spend hours kind of just compartmentalizing everything but really what i'm getting at here is the enemy has put in this equal amount of time like secretly like they've been meandering through in the background you know, kind of erecting all these ideas and platforms in order to launch the great deception. Now, we can't say verbatim, unless you're a prophet who God gives you the word, that it's going to happen this way at this time. But we as the body, as watchmen, as Christians, can kind of go... I see it coming. You know what I mean? Like, like I may not wow, have everything absolutely. down hundred percent, but man, I see the fastball it's winding up. It's heading this direction. I just don't know if it's going to be a curveball ball or a straight liner. And that's kind of what I think the church needs to wake up to because I don't want to dispute and argue with people about your hermeneutics, right? a bit, well, my eschatology yeah. tells me this. I just want to go, Hey, listen, is Jesus Lord and savior? He is. What are you dealing with? Okay, Sean, we got a job for you, buddy, because I don't really deal with, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm there right. with that's you right. or whatever, or Rod, you know, you're kind of laid back. You, you I, I get all the time. I do well with younger people. I'm going to be 33 this mm-hmm. month. I, you know, I look at my stats on the show, you know, like 42% of my downloads are coming from millennials. And here I am with the millennial right. mustard See podcast. So that's a generation of people where we need to just be raw, organic and get in and say, guys, I, you know, I'm not ashamed of this. Do you have an ear to hear? Because this this stuff is going right. down and the great deception is on the horizon. In my opinion, I am not a doomsday guy. I, I hear people say all the time, you know, a lot of the same people who said Trump was going to win are saying the end of the <laughs> age is here. It's going to end next. And listen, hey, you know, this is a take maybe people didn't think about, Sean. Maybe those profits are right. And Trump gets in 2024 and it's a landslide. Remember them saying he was going to win back to back. They, they just said uh-huh. two terms. Okay. They'll say impeach. He won't be impeached. Okay. Well, that came to pass. First term obviously is already done. Maybe a second term's on the horizon. I don't know. I, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say you prophets were wrong, but, but there's a lot of stuff going on out there. And the Bible says to, to test every spirit, you know, to go back to the root mm-hmm. of here's the word of God. What's really going on. What is my gift? If your gift is talking and podcasting, if your gift is deliverance, if your gift is just literally simply sitting with people in their living room and reading through the scriptures and wrestling through ideas, water some seeds and and plant some seeds, whatever you guys have to offer. Like BDK said in the last episode, listen, all hands on deck.
0: Well, no, I think what you, you hit on something. And and one of that I try to tell folks, you know, I really don't care what the mark of the beast is. I don't really know. You know, there's so many different ideas of eschatology. Like you said, What I do know is, is we have a generation of young people, you know, from from the age of six to the age of 100 that is looking for real spirituality. And the church hasn't been given it. The church has been focused on the disco lights, the cafe coffees. They've been focused on these things. They've left the conversation in the community with real spiritual warfare, real spiritual needs. I'm talking with teenagers that has been involved in meditation. They're here at school. They learned how to meditate in yoga in their school system, and now they're hearing voices. Now they're hearing and seeing figures, and they really don't have a, you know, they they thought it was cool at the beginning, but now these things are starting to take them over in their life more and more without their knowledge. They're waking up not realizing where they're at and they're wanting to help. And the pastors out there are rolling their eyes when we're sitting here talking with, with a teenager who's crying because they've been abused by a a teacher, satanically, ritually abused by a teacher. Folks, it's time that we begin to realize spiritual warfare is not hunting demons. Spiritual warfare is about helping people come out of darkness. And and the darkness also is happening inside of the prophecy stuff. If you're focused more on who, when, and where the Antichrist is coming out instead of discipling people on how to know Jesus Christ as Savior, we've got a problem. If you're caring more about the UFO problem, yeah, I talk about people with UFOs, but listen, my whole goal here is to bring them back to, to the gospel. The show that I'm getting ready to do next week is going to deal with the—because the, the I hear a lot of atheists and a lot of people throw this stuff out, and it's halfway true in a sense because there's so many Christians. If, if an actual ET event did happen, if we actually did have a real live demonic entity set down and manifest itself, and come out like L.A. Marzulli says, you know, come on out on the the lawn and say, we're here. Most Christians will leave their faith because they're not rooted in Christ. They're rooted in some eschatology, or they are rooted in some kind of stuff, but they're not rooted in Christ. So what I want to talk about this week, next coming week, and next Thursday night, is I want to talk about the idea of How do you deal with these ideas of spiritual entities manifesting? Whether you want to call it an ET, whether you want to call it a demon or a Nephilim, I don't really care what you call them. How will you deal with your religion? How will you deal with your Savior? And 90% of the Christians I talk to, they don't have a clue. They haven't even thought about it this far yet. And so what I want to do in this conversation that I will have Thursday night, is be able to just to say, guys, ladies, let's stop for just a moment and realize that the Bible does te- touch on these subjects, and it teaches us not to waver, not to be tossed around by vain philosophies, but be solid in Jesus Christ. Very well said, Sean.
1: Do you have any final statements you'd like to share with the audience as we wind down to the end of this episode?
0: Well, folks, I just want to, first of all, encourage you, you know, if, you, if you're if you having issues with the paranormal spirit stuff, you don't really need me. You really don't need another pastor. You really just need Jesus Christ in your life. And where can people
1: find you, Sean?
0: Unveiling the paranormal. If you type in unveiling the paranormal in your Google search or Facebook page, You know, uh, YouTube, I have YouTube and Facebook, Unveiling Paranormal. You can also go to Through the Black. Uh, If you need me, you can contact me. You can also maybe look me up on the Internet, Sean Carter Ministries. Thank you, Rod, for allowing me to be here and to share with you again. Anybody needs help, they can just contact me and maybe contact you. They will go from there. And I know we
1: all wrestle you know, me personally, man, I deal with a bad attitude. I get angry. I deal with all the same things everybody else does. But the remedy here is to strive and to believe in our hearts that God has a plan for our lives and that something greater he can work out. in us. So that's it. That's the show, everybody. Thank you for being here. If you found this episode to be helpful, interesting, educational, whatever, entertaining, share it with a friend. God bless America and good night.